Hello, and welcome once again to the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast, the digital audio stream in which the members of the AOK are casting gods out, broadcasting our doubt, and casting about for answers to difficult questions. Today on the show, it's the Halloween special, or rather the post-judgment house special, in which we talk about our experiences at a judgment house, which is sort of like a hell house, but less exciting and more theological. This judgment house took place at Wilmot Place Baptist Church in Southside, Oklahoma City. And CJ and Brian and I will be recounting in the first segment uh, our initial impressions of the event. If you hear road noise in the background, that's because we're in a car. We're in CJ's car and he's driving along the highway. Sorry about that. But we did want to get our initial impressions on tape, as it were. In the second segment, uh, Shelley and I discuss uh, a little more deliberatively our, our thoughts about uh, the nature of the show um, and, and what it was intended to convey. Enjoy. Oh, we've established that audio quality is Fair not enough. a priority for me. Fair enough. Okay, the first room... Was it getting on the bus with their luggage? Yeah, they were, they were getting, ready to leave. They're getting ready yeah. to go to church camp. Woo! Church camp! Presumably Falls Creek. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. And... They were informed by their youth pastor that the new girl in town was going. The new girl that they don't like because she's stinky and her parents are in jail for doing drugs. Yeah, she Rachel. always wears that goth chick shirt. She wears that. Did they point that out? Yes. Well, they did mention she always wears the same shirt. Oh, no, she always wears the same shirt. Okay, but she, I guess she did, didn't she? She's uh, smelly and she has dark lipstick. Right, goth chick. Okay, second room was at her, uh, at Rachel, who is the protagonist, Rachel's grandma's house. Because there's, there's cookies yeah. on the table, and yeah. Grandma's so, there with their big shoulder pads. Yeah. Grandma comes in, and Rachel's grandma, Rachel is the girl whose parents are in jail for doing drugs, and who wears the same sneaky shirt all the time. Yeah. And the gotcha Ra- Rachel is angry at the world because she has to wear the same shirt all the time, and her <laughs> parents are in jail for <laughs> doing drugs. Incarcerated for dr- dealing drugs. Right. Yeah. And she's now living with her grandma, who is a very, very nice person. But for some reason, Rachel doesn't trust anybody and thinks everyone is evil. But she's okay with her grandma. I can't think of any reason why Rachel would have to feel like the world is f***ing her over. Right. I can't imagine she would have trust issues or anything. What with the drug dealing parents? Right. So, set the scene. Rachel's grandma's house. Grandma's telling her how awesome camp's going to be. Rachel's telling her how, you know, she doesn't expect any of this to be good. And... So the pastor, the pastor, pastor of the church shows up to pick up Rachel for uh, for church, and it, there's no uh, creepy vibe that he's going to be alone in the vehicle with this teenage girl at all. <laughs> I didn't get that. Did you get a creepy vibe? <laughs> and he wasn't like openly salivating. No, and, she smells. Right, she does stink. Yeah, but the whole context of the pastor being alone in a vehicle with a teenage girl just struck me as a little odd. It's all good, Grandma. Just hand over the teenage girl, and everything will be fine. Right. He made a special trip to pick her up. Huh. Anyway. That's it. That is a bit creepy. <laughs> anyway. Then, uh, the next scene is at church camp. And they're playing foosball. And Rachel's sitting alone by herself because none of the kids like her. But now she's blonde and even hotter than before. Right. <laughs> and still is underage. And that's creepy, David. It gets jail baitier. <laughs> okay, that was creepy. So, she's all mopey and sad. And so the kids are sitting around making fun of her while they play foosball behind her back. But, of course, she can hear it. And she's reading some book that is, of course, not the Bible. And then service starts, and the youth pastor, and for some reason, they're at church camp, but it's uh, indoors with a foosball table. 
and uh, he gives them a sermon about how they have to, you know, believe in God and all this stuff. And this, of course, reminds you, this is the second time Rachel's gotten this sermon. First from her grand- grandma and now from her youth pastor saying, yep, you know, yep. you have to believe in God. During the sermon, the youth pastor from the, that had brought her gets a phone call and steps out. And when he comes back in, he taps Rachel on the shoulder and pulls her over. And, of course, by this time, we've all figured out that grandma's dead. Mm. And Rachel gets informed that her grandmother is dead. And... And loses her shit. Loses her shit would be an appropriate term and storms out. Yeah. The next scene is Rachel alone in her bunk. Awesome. Which reminds me. It's not creepy at all. I I have to point out (laughs) that before we started this tour, they stated that children under 10 would not be appropriate for one scene and children under 12 would not be appropriate for for another scene. Right, right. Neither of those scenes that were inappropriate for children involved this scene. So Rachel... Of course, reads a note that one of her, one of her, uh, one of these church kids had written her about how bad she sucked, and so she decides she's going to end it all. Takes some of her grandma's pills that she had smuggled in to uh, church camp, mind you. Grandma searched her bag before he left. She left, and then she proceeds to have the weirdest drug trip. And I do not know have any idea what kind of drugs. That was it not is a drug took. trip. That was demons. Okay, well. Um, she was complaining of things crawling on her skin. Yeah, she was scratching and complaining of things she, crawling on her skin. And it was awesome. You like, think that was a drug trip? Because it sounded like the same thing she said in hell. It was a drug right. trip. No, yeah. yeah, it was hell. It was meant to be both. Trip. Oh, clever foreshadowing of hell. Right. So those were Hades-laced LSD pills. Right. <laughs> she was writing a, her suicide note. Right. She writes her suicide note. <laughs> writes her suicide note. And then proceeds to die in agony in front of a bunch of, like, three-year-old kids. Well done, Agony, yeah, too. That, that was, was the best, best acting yeah. I've best seen in a while. Of the night. Yeah. By far the best acting of yeah, the Yeah, I night. told her so, too. I said, you rock that scene. <laughs> so then... She winked at me. I really thought she died. <laughs> so so she, she trembles violently and dies. And Next then. scene is... Dun, dun, dun. Uh, judgment. Which is... One of the two scenes that's inappropriate for children. The judgment scene? The judgment scene. The, the one where violent, they... writhing death, perfectly fine. But the judgment scene where St. Peter stands up there and decides who is and isn't going to heaven. Um, perfectly fine. That shows a certain sensitivity. Yeah. You don't want little kids thinking about their siblings or parents going to hell. Right. It's okay if you think, if you think about them committing suicide, though. That's fine. With only three pills, I have to add. Of course, first, one person gets judged, and they get to go to heaven because they're a good Christian. And then Rachel, our protagonist, comes up and... No, the first person to go is Grandma. I'm telling you. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Somebody went to heaven. Could have been Grandma, could have not been Grandma. We assume at this point Grandma's already in heaven because I believe he stayed the, so later. The, the actress is different that's playing Rachel. It's, it's, it's a different actress every time. Every time, yeah. It's is just it? the same shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then... Um, so Rachel comes in looking for her grandma and Peter tells her, uh, no, you, uh, your grandma's already inside and you're not coming in because, you know, you didn't accept Jesus in your heart. She's like, is this because I committed suicide? Because all those people were mean to me. And they specifically pointed out to Rachel that no, committing suicide is not what got you sent to hell. It was the fact that you didn't hold the right beliefs. At which point, she then gets dragged off by a guy that looks like the Grim Reaper, but without the sickle. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, a little anti-Catholic the, jab there. Notice that they didn't say hell. They just said uh, you weren't going to be in the presence of God. Be separated from God. Right, right, right. Forever. That's an important theological point yeah. for them. But uh, then the guy at the podium proceeds to start naming off people in the crowd because he's been handed a <laughs> list of our names from when we filled out information before we went in. Which I've got to point out is exactly the trick Peter Popoff used to call people out in his miracle healing services. Right, right, right. Yes, very Peter Popoff of them. Also, they kind of screwed up because they only called about half the audience's names before he ran out of names to call, and he just goes, if your name hasn't been called, please step forward. In my head. Uh. <laughs> so, Why didn't you step head. forward? Apparently. I didn't think y'all wanted, were going to. I didn't want to be the only one. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I stepped forward once they tell, uh, to, they said, you know, everybody who hadn't had their name called. Then they proceeded to tell us, no, you're not going to die today, which might or might not be true. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <driving. laughs> yeah. And then they <laughs> sent us on. Next scene was hell. And yeah. boy, it was... Can I do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah go, ahead. go ahead. Damien. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> that I have a cameo in hell. It was so, all hot. Of course, so Rachel gets tormented by being made fun of by the kids in life. Like, that was how she gets tormented in hell. No, so... It appears that hell is not without a sense of irony. Right, right. The hell is not without a sense of irony. And they, they, one of the demons specifically informs her that she deserves to be there. Yep. Which, um, mind you, according to the doctrine, she does. Though this girl does nothing wrong during the entire play other than not be a Christian. Yeah. And have you know, a really shitty upbringing. Did you say the demons were the kids making fun of her? Well, uh, the, no, the demons. What was they, the irony the, you were talking about? The demons were doing they the same thing audio. that the church kids did. They played the audio. They were doing the, the same kids, damn thing so, as yeah, the church yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. The boys, so, yeah. okay. Okay, so then hell. Apparently, gets, hell is a youth group. She gets dragged off to hell, and then the <laughs> demons threaten to drag the rest of us off to hell. Woo! And then they go to heaven. Where we get handed um, robes to put on our shoulders, which which are actually just like sheets uh, to, to the wrap around our shoulders, which have been worn by every other person who'd been through that line for the last three days ahead of us. Yeah. And I think we were one of the last people, last groups to go through. So I was not exactly thrilled about my life's ridden sheet. Yeah. But bringing home the bed bugs tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And then uh, we went into heaven. They watched it. They they played a song that. Uh, um, sounded like a gospel version of "It's proud to be an American." I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud to be <laughs> up in heaven. <laughs> that, it did sound a lot like that. Yeah, and then, um, and then they ushered us out into another room where they preached at us for a minute. Or no, 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 no. They let us. Uh, they didn't preach at us. They just let us sit in silence and ruminate over it. And then they take us out, have us sit in silence for a while. Got a little. Uh, they cut. I think they cut that one short because they got tired of the of the uh, atheist snickering and talking among themselves. There was a bit of snickering, and then they took us into a room where we had the cards and, and pencils to fill out with, uh, you know, our names and whether or not we were accepting Jesus and uh, comments about the whole affair 
And I'm pretty sure that some of the comments they got there near the end of the night were not the kind of comments they were expecting. They did get some honest feedback, though. And Red asked if we were going to have any group discussion. <laughs> yeah, Red, the guy. Red asked for group discussion, and uh, the guy kind of was like, no. So we don't really have time, <laughs> sir. Have time for that. I <laughs> shoot us out the door. And then gave him his atheist card. <laughs> what? Okay, I wrote on my card, it, it seems to be an important theological point that Rachel deserved what happened to, you, to her. Uh, I find that sickening. What was your card, Brian? Mine was, uh... What was mine? Uh, I don't know. What was yours, Um, uh, My card was, I was saved tonight. And thank you. <laughs> Liar. Yeah, that's actually what I put. <laughs> I, You're going to get phone calls. You know that. Well, I didn't give my real name. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> my real name is... <laughs> I'm doomed. I'm for, <laughs> foredoomed. And then, uh, some, for some reason or another, who was it that came up to us afterwards and asked us if we were atheists or what? Uh, I didn't hear anyone do oh, that. There were some teenagers afterwards that Red was talking to, or somebody. Oh, was I thought to. he approached them. Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. I so what's what? What's the the overriding message of of this? Is you've got to be a Christian, and if you're a Christian, you're good to go. If you're not a Christian, you can totally be a dick to that poor suicidal woman who just joined your youth group, and she'll go to hell, you'll go to heaven. That's that's the message there. Yeah, well, yeah, that was one of the important things, was they never said anything one way or the other. It was a big, uh, I really think it was written for Christians. It was not trying to convince anybody who wasn't already Christian. Really, what it was saying to youth group kids was, you better get right with God, and also, if you're being mean to, to people, you might be the reason they go to hell. But at the same time, of course, theologically... They weren't punished. Well, no, theologically, it was Rachel's fault. Sure. But but they but they were saying, like, every, every time they talk to us, they're saying, this is your chance to make a decision. Like, clearly, they want new people in to make a decision for Christ, which which I think is a, it's a really weird script to do that with. There were, of course, the obligatory, like, um, crying junior high girls, but even they weren't taking it too seriously. I, I don't think they were really hitting the audience they were trying to get. Yeah. Well, that was fun. CJ described Judgment House. He described Judgment House on the drive. Yes. So we don't need to go. We don't need to go over like a description, room by room, play by play. This is what it was like. Thing. What What was the What was the lesson? What What are they trying to tell us? <laughs> well, so what was the message? Um, it seemed like okay. So there was the. I actually almost liked the one little sermon that the guy did in the foosball table scene. Okay, first of all, the most appalling thing about the foosball table scene is that we watched these kids openly torment Rachel while an adult, a supposedly chaperone, sits behind them and does nothing to intervene. Right, right. But at the same time, I did sort of like the one little sermon that the guy gave where he was trying to compare the connections that people make with Facebook and stuff like that um, and say that, you know, that's not the, that's not what God wants, that God wants you to have a relationship with him that's, you know, something beyond that. I mean, it was, you know, I don't – it was kind of cute. I'd be thrilled if God would just talk to me on Skype. Yeah, right, or, you know, at all. Um, <laughs> In any form. <laughs> right. But so, I mean, that was benign. Let's just, I'll say that. But because that's that sort of communication, connection, relationship, loose motif seemed to kind of keep coming up, 
I think that maybe the message was your relationships on earth. Even if you think that Grandma Joyce is the best thing that ever happened to you and the only person who ever really cared about you, you can't count on those relationships. Like in the end, she's going to ditch you too. Hmm. You and the only you can't the only count thing, on Grandma Joyce because she's mortal. Right, yeah. and because yeah, I guess yeah. because she bails on her completely. I mean, this was the other thing that I just found. I found myself thinking twice. We see her, you know, run in to heaven. Twice we see Grandma Joyce. Just okay. Yeah, without even saying, "Hey, does anyone know what happened to my granddaughter?" <laughs> no, <laughs> no, she's just like, well, well, the guy, uh, the guy in the in the Great White Throne scene even said, "She can't hear you now." Yeah, like, <laughs> and apparently she doesn't want to. Right, she's not interested. So, thanks. Yeah, I found that I found that very disturbing. The idea that you'd go to your eternal reward and not spare a thought for your loved ones, uh, right. who, who did not make it. That's um, it's a really odd idea of survival. Like, like you're still yourself, but some of your memories have been gouged out, or some of your values have your been empathy? taken away. Yeah, like either you've forgotten completely about this person, like all those memories have been expunged, or the divine will has radically reshaped your value structure so that you just don't care about the people you cared about on earth. Either way, you're not the same person you are on earth. You've been changed radically in some way. So it's not really you that goes to heaven. It's you minus all your empathy or memories of your loved ones who didn't go. It's very, it's, it's, yeah, it's very Dante. And, you know, it, it, I, you know, there's probably no listeners who are as lit dorks like I am, but the, <laughs> but if you are out there somewhere, we'll find some. Um, you may remember in the Inferno that there's one scene where he um, is feeling sympathy. He starts sort of getting weepy over the situation of some of the people in hell, and Virgil just takes him down for it, and you know gives him this big mean sermon about how you know you have no business questioning God's judgment by feeling sorry for these people. These people are here because they have it coming. And if you feel sorry for them, you are arguing with God. Yeah. So. And making him maybe, look less merciful. What the hell? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but so there's no place for your sympathy here. Hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that I think was the second most disturbing, like, narrative of, uh, of the evening. For me, the, the most disturbing thing was, was the idea that. What matters most far and away is just whether you follow the right faith. If you have the right set of ideas and pray the right incantations and mean them sincerely, then everything will be well. Uh, like those, those kids in the youth group, <laughs> all those kids that were taunting Rachel, presumably they all went to heaven. Right. Uh, while they, they prayed the right prayers, they were, you know, they were still dicks, they were still teenagers and cruel and all that. And we never see them repent or care or... You know, say, "Gosh, I wish I hadn't done that." Or nothing. No, that yeah. that, li- that storyline disappears completely. There was no there was no morality tale uh, uh, for the, the the youth group kids, which I thought was right. really weird. And then the demons resembled them so strongly when we got mm-hmm. to the hell scene. The demons were so much like acting out the same sorts of torments and tauntings that the Christian kids had. It's like I almost think the script was written by a subversive free thinker who was just trying to screw with the heads of the people who'd be putting on this play. I'm serious. Like, Because the biggest assholes in this whole thing were the Christian kids. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought, this is the play I would write if I wanted to screw with their heads. How is it they can put this on with a straight face and not question themselves? 
I know. And, I mean, it could have just been the kids at school. Why did it have to be the Christian kids? Right. Or it could have been It could have been that her suicide was was not related to, let, let's get this out on the table, school bullying, which has been in the news lately. Yeah, hasn't it? <laughs> Suicides and school bullying. It's not like it's not a, a, a real topic. Well, and I wonder, I mean, that I, I hope that this is not true, but I've come, you know, to realize that that anything is possible with these people. I I hope it's not true, but part of me wonders if it's not the Christian kids doing the bullying because that's what they're invoking is this gay teen suicide story that's been in the news lately. And where does most of the gay bullying come from? Religion. Right. Well, yeah, historically that's that's where we get and, all the, the real hardcore uh, gay bullying is from the, the Bible and the Quran. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I'm. I wonder if that's the reason why they, the bullies, are Christian kids instead of just kid kids. I don't know. But I, I think you're right that that was very uncomfortable to have that be the storyline. Do you think we should try to put uh, a sympathetic spin on this and say that the script writers wanted these these Christian kids who act out these scenes to think about the real eternal consequences of their tauntings? It could be, I guess, like except for you the, could drive I, a soul into hell if you're not right. nice in youth group and don't try to bring people in. I th- I think I would buy that if that had ever been articulated, but there's a case it, to be made that I'm being overly generous there because there is nothing in the script itself to indicate that that lesson was on offer. No, no, none of the kids are ever like, man, I learned something today. Treating people like shit makes them go to hell. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and what did the guy – I mean that was weird too at the end when we go into the little room where you you almost literally have a note from Jesus. Do you accept me? Check one. Check yes or check no. <laughs> what do you mean almost? It was literally that. It was, it was... We had comment cards where we could decide that we love Jesus. It was, it's like it's like Jesus had passed the card to you via a pastor. Uh, do you right, love me? Yes. Check one if you do. Yes. Check hell if you don't. Exactly. Uh, wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> that. Did you notice there was no there was no checkbox for uh, this was no, really messed you. up. God. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. It was the it was the checkboxes where I like I've I've accepted Jesus tonight or oh I accepted him earlier. Or, right. I'd like to know more. Yeah, that was it. There was no, no thanks. Not interested. Yeah. That's, they got, I think they probably got like all of their negative feedback there in that one evening from us. They got all the, their quality comments about that. I, yeah, I would be willing to bet. Oh. The other, another thing I wanted to point out that we didn't get a chance to talk about was that one moment in the sort of, you know, the, the cut scene where we're, the lady in the hall is reading script. She explained that, you know, just in case you're thinking that, you know, you should feel sorry for Rachel because she had a really bad time. Grandma Joyce also had a really bad time, right? Her husband died 20 years ago, and then she had to go through the fact that her daughter went to prison, and now her granddaughter, which I guess she doesn't know about, but so don't feel too sorry for Rachel because. Grandma Joyce, you know, other people have problems too. Grandma Joyce is 65 if she's a day, and Rachel is a minor, a child who has been taught no coping skills. Has, I mean, are you kidding me? You're really making this comparison. And she's never been shown uh, Christian charity, uh, except for by Grandma Joyce, 
which would be easily mistaken for grand maternal love in her case. So she's exactly. never been shown an act of Christian charity from someone who's not invested in her parentally in some way. Yes. So, and like, she's <laughs> had a, a lot of people treat her really badly. Right, yeah. Having never seen an act of Christian charity that wasn't easily confused with grand maternal love, uh, having gone to, to church and being treated so badly that she offed herself, still, she had a free choice. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't she make the right choice? I can't imagine why she didn't make the right choice. It buggers the mind. Yeah, but don't feel sorry for her. Whatever you do, don't feel sorry for her. Yeah, because then cause... you start questioning the whole scheme. Right. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, it was, wow. Yeah, like like I said, I would have written this script uh, just to mess with them if I thought I could get away with it, which I wouldn't have thought I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I really wish that it was available in some, like... You know, some form that I could, you know, point to in, in print just to, you know, <laughs> to excerpt. Well, this is that kind of thing where you try – the next day you go try to tell people about it and they think you're exaggerating. Right, exactly. Like You're like, no, really. They, they really <laughs> – uh, Yeah. Uh, I had a... And then you go in the little room and the first thing the guy says is, well, here tonight you've seen a story about God's love. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, audible gasps and snickers at that point. <laughs> The whole soteriology, the whole Christian, uh, the idea that you cannot be saved unless there's a blood sacrifice uh, is, is really bizarre if, if you think about it. If, you know, any, anybody that I know has the ability to forgive, just forgive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could say, son, I forgive you for what you did. Um, and if I were to say, but I'm going to have to kill the dog, uh, he would have every, <laughs> every reason to say at that point, dad, that doesn't really sound like forgiveness to me. Uh-huh. It sounds like you're requiring a blood sacrifice. Forgiveness would be just to forgive and forget, and you know, as an act of will. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best at forgiving, but I can do it without requiring blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, come on. the The whole thing is. I mean, the whole thing is nuts. What What other um What other takeaways did Did you have from it? Well, I will. I'll say this. One thing that that I always take away from these kinds of events is how friendly the people are who are putting it on. Right. Yeah. It's a terribly hateful message and the script is disturbing at every possible level, but the people are so nice. They were so nice. They really were. It's true. That's true. And I suppose that some of that's because they're on their best behavior, but I know, I know some of those people from work actually, and they really are nice. I believe it. I mean, it's, it's, I yeah, it's a strange thing to me. I, I guess, well, and kind of along the same lines, we might want to talk about the fact that a whole bunch of people were there with very small children. I know, right? And do you remember which scenes the children were not allowed into? Uh, the hell one. Yeah. Um. And wasn't it the judgment? The suicide scene? one. No, the suicide. Yeah, it's the, it the suicide and and the hell. Yeah. Yeah, which are pretty key scenes as the whole. That's well, right. Goes, so, yeah. the, so essentially, they do they know what's going on? I, I, I don't know. But I, I mean, I keep having, to, I keep going around and going. I always go around in circles when I think about this because I think it's appalling that they even tell children things like that. And then I'm like, well, but if you really believed it, it would you be would really not believe. To. Yeah, you'd have right. to. Right. Yeah. So I think the appalling thing should be that people accept ridiculous ideas uncritically. Mm-hmm. That, that Sam Harris keeps encouraging us to be appalled by that. It's like one of his <laughs> mm-hmm. his constant refrains. 
please be more appalled. Yeah, right. Yeah, instead of just saying, well, it's not my thing, but, you know, whatever, each his own. I don't know. I, I think in in so many cases like this, like we could we could say, well, I'm you know appalled that you present this to small children, but really what we mean is I'm appalled that you believe this. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like I'm appalled that you teach creationism to small children instead of science. Why? Because science is true. I mean, ultimately, you've got to get to the questions of truth, uh, because otherwise, you know, there's no point in being appalled. If creationism is right, then it's okay to teach it to children, and the same thing is true of hell. Right. So. You know, you've always get do- got to get down to the root issues. Um, uh, and so the evidence for hell is, you know, it was written down in some very old books in characters that, you know, few people understand that go from right to left. And so there you go. Must be true. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a bummer sometimes. I mean, God, it's just I, – I mean, I had a really good time, but if I think about it too long, it's really depressing. It, that whole thing was just like – bizarro land and it's not like we went to a like one of those really wacky like uber fundamentalist snake handling kind of places no we, we went to a, a church which i would say is rep- a representative of like an average baptist church around here totally yeah so that, yeah. that's an important point to for the listeners like this wasn't this wasn't a king james only super fundamentalist foot washing snake handling kind of place in fact, if you look at that church's website, they have a very rational support for church-state separation statement. You are kidding me. No. Oh, we'll have to put that link up on the blog. That's interesting. That is interesting. That's a, I, always, I always figure that those sorts of statements are vestigial for the Southern Baptists at this point. Because you know, as a denomination, they used to support that. Right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, I mean, they're not, they're not crazy people. I. <laughs> You know, I just, it's, but I don't even know what to say sometimes about that. Well, and you know, the other thing is for all the stink eye I got for my marriage is so gay t-shirt. Did you get a lot of that? (laughs) I got some stink eye. Um, The only person who actually commented gave me a thumbs up. Oh, really? Yeah. She asked me what, um, that um, older woman who was who had the little had the toddler who was standing near us in the halls was it an African American t- woman with an adorable toddler? Yes, okay. that adorable toddler that kept running off and making us laugh. Yeah, um, her. She asked me what what my shirt meant, and I said it's a pro gay marriage sentiment, and she smiled and gave me a thumbs up. Really? Yeah. Huh. That is interesting. You know, that same woman did not react nearly as kindly to the six 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 on my jersey. Oh, indeed. Yeah. What did she say? <laughs> she didn't think it was great. If, I think it was the same person. Um, apparently, she went there basically to see people's shirts. She was, yeah, she was doing a tour of the shirts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, judgment. I think we should distinguish between Judgment House and Hell House, just for the sake of people out there that, you know, they've seen the documentary Hell House. They have some idea what that's about. Uh, have you seen that documentary? I have not. Okay. Well, you should. And you'll notice there's a significant difference in Hell House. It's about people making really bad life choices, like, for example, getting addicted to crack and then getting pregnant and then spontaneously aborting your fetus on the couch of a crack house, that sort of thing. Sweet. Yeah, so it's like it's far more like a haunted house. The original Hell House like, concept was basically like, like, let's show really grotesque, disgusting, frightening things and then relate it back to life choices. Right. Whereas Judgment House is more like, let's show really mundane, ordinary things like I was depressed about to teenagers. Say- 
boring. Yeah. Boring. Judgment House was boring. Yeah, like yeah. annoying teenagers and then depressed teenagers and then like like really undramatic uh, you know, I don't know. It, it it's a very different yeah. concept. Judgment House and Hell House are very different and I'd like the group to get to go back to a Hell House again, but they're they're I couldn't find one in in this city this year. Hmm. So but it is important to, to point out those differences. If you've seen Hell House, the documentary, then you know very little of what we went through at uh, Wilmot Place Baptist, <laughs> which uh, involves at least three or four rooms of straight boredom before you get to the exciting bits. Yeah, I mean, we actually see the kids getting ready to get on the bus to go to church camp as our as that's the big gripping opening scene that's supposed to keep us yeah. in our seats. Yeah, like I I don't really like her because she smells. Like, yeah, oh. she wears the same shirt all the time. And, yeah, she does. You know, Which, and there was like nothing wrong with that kid. She was pretty. You know, it although was, like, she does change her hair color an awful lot. Yeah, girl <laughs> yes. that wears the same shirt all the time. There was, I mean, she was fine. You know, I mean, did you notice in the scene with her when we actually see her interacting with Grandma Joyce? She's a little bit, you know, eye rolly. But when she's leaving and her grandma says, "I love you," she says, "I love you back." My son won't do that. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I had anything else I really uh, wanted to say about it other than it's like it's it's simultaneously completely theologically accurate and completely ethically appalling. <laughs> it's just yes, like, yeah, and, it's and right. But, but oh, <laughs> it's, it's... yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, wow, you know, this is indeed doctrinal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what they really believe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Them and basically everyone from the, the Reformed tradition uh, believes something like that. Um, oh, there was one, one bit of a really bizarre uh, theological incongruity, and that's that there, there appears to be a character in hell named Damien. <laughs> did you hear that part? I did. Where Satan, Satan basically says to his son... Was that I, Satan? Well, I, I'm pretty sure it was Satan. It might have been one of the minions and like... Damien was interning in a nepotistic position that his father helped him get. Who knows? I just think it's weird that they would take something like right out of a movie, like a bad horror movie from the 70s, and just bring that in. Like, oh yeah, of course, there's got to be somebody in hell named Damien. Yeah. That's just weird to me and a bit offensive, I must say, for personal reasons. Okay, let me ask you this. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to ask you this. Who are the people who's – so when the when the judgment Peter guy calls everybody's name – Mm-hmm. Is he just calling names of people in there that he knows or members of the church? Oh, no. That was a Peter Popoff style calling the names of people who filled out their cards. Well, see, that's what I was wondering. But I, my name didn't get called. So I felt really left out. Well, some of them did. Some of our names got called. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How come he didn't call my name? I, maybe he was in a rush. I don't know. In 2002, they called everyone's names individually. See, I thought that's what he was going to do because I thought he had the cards up there. And I was like, oh, he's going to call my name. That's going to be sweet. But then he didn't call my name. So I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll go with the other guy. I guess I'll go to hell then. <laughs> Maybe he ran out of time. In 2002, uh, God, I hate to admit this uh, on the podcast, but in 2002, I stepped up and uh, when he called my name and then I just turned my back on him and just stood there. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's that's about when security started following me around, so... And also, that's when I opened my jacket to show my offensive T-shirt to everyone. So, I was. What was on the offensive T-shirt? Oh, I'm not gonna say right now. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but I mean, I, no. I I'm a bit less less apt to make a scene now than I was back when I was in my uh, yeah I was in my 20s. I was still a fire breathing radical back then. 
Yeah. And nowadays, I'm just like I'm just like vicariously embarrassed for everyone in the room. Like I'm just like, oh, you poor people. I feel so bad that you're doing this and you you buy it. You know. I kept feeling guilty too because like I. I especially started giggling when CJ was singing I'm Proud to be an American. <laughs> but <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, those kids are up there and they're going to think we're laughing at them. I know exactly. Those, you know, it's, if you've ever been on stage, you know like how horrible that is as a feeling. Yeah. You know, to have that. I don't want to make them feel bad. What if they go kill themselves? Exactly. <laughs> and you know that they don't, don't go anywhere after that. So that really is the end for them. Which is terrible. <laughs> but see, we're yeah. Well, that's what that's what you get when you're an atheist with a conscience, right? You get up, get in there, and you're you're all like, yeah, we're gonna raise hell, and then you're all you're, <laughs> you're, so, you're so empathetic <laughs> that you can't do anything. Yeah, we're just filling out our comment cards. I Dorm. know, I know, right? Like, oh, <laughs> please leave negative feedback on the form. I, yeah. I, I actually, I kind of figured, you know, I'll just, I'll just get it out in the podcast. I'll just vent on the show, and that'll be enough. Because I, yeah, I just feel so bad for these kids that they're involved with this. And you know, some of them are going to go on to become free thinkers, and they're going to look back on this and think, oh my god, I was part of that. Mm. Like, at least I can say the worst I did was teach Sunday school to fourth graders. You? Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Do you repent? Well, I don't know how that's going to help now. You want me to, you want me to call them up individually? Hey, like, I'm sorry. It was all right, a pack of FOMA. That's that's your, like, you know, like alcoholics have to do. You have to go around and apologize to all the people you've harmed. Oh, that would take <laughs> way too long. I'll tell you what, I'll just announce it on the podcast instead. Damien is really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry I taught that. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we got plenty of, of stuff on Judgment House. Judgment with an E. For the AOK Godcast, this is Damien. And Shell. You guys have a good week. This podcast is a production of the Oklahoma Atheist, an organization dedicated to developing a community of like-minded individuals who share the ideas of free and critical thinking and as opposed to the uncritical acceptance of faith-based ideas and norms. Our activities include dinner meetups, potlucks, family outings, debates, speeches, book clubs, volunteer opportunities, and political events and protests. We welcome all who share the ideals of critical thinking and who reject religious dogma. In addition to cultivating the community, we wish to contribute and put a face with all positive things non-believers and people with a secular viewpoint are doing in the world. If you'd like to know more, please visit us online at www.oklahomaatheist.com. Perfect.